I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me as ever is Sleepy Bunny Blake. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You are a little fella? Yeah, I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> you literally, for people that are watching this on YouTube, you can literally see them two little piss holes in the snow that are your eyes. Like, you do look, you look bushed, mate. Well, thanks, obviously, for that. Now that this is a visual medium as well, that's great to hear. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, uh, I watched the fights live, which I... I I don't do very often, I have to say, mm. but uh, it was such a good card. And I've, well, I didn't have much on next week. There might be a couple of things on now, so maybe I'm bugging myself up. But um, yeah, so I thought I've got to watch it live. There was too much going on. It was too good a card. Had to watch it live. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on about an hour and a half sleep. I've probably got to sleep at about half six, quarter to seven. And mm. uh, then I was up at caught past half past eight I don't know something like that mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I don't know an hour, an hour and a half I think is what I got in the end so jeez uh, not uh, not ideal uh, do you know what no you got your, your kids are young as well mate yeah they, like, yeah, they don't give a that's shit a, that's a big day mate, oh, mate. <laughs> they ain't gonna care about and, that and mate. the thing is that they, they've watched bits like we let them watch the trials on Celebrity Get Me Out of Here stuff so like that they quite enjoy right. that and also some of it's quite inspirational, seeing, you know, seeing Bubba Tunde, who you've interviewed for your uh, show. Lovely Bubba his, Tunde. Uh, Lovely fella. Do his, uh, uh, his that, that what, the one that was uh, where he was scared of heights, and he actually did it after not doing the first one and all that. The kids watched mm. that, and I think that's quite quite good for him, quite inspiring. So uh, they were, uh, they've been watching that, and I, I got home, and I was home, home for minutes, because I stayed at my brother's house. Um, I was home for minutes, and... Uh, my son was shouting for someone to wipe his bum and I went in there and he said, no dad, you haven't been chosen for the challenge. 
Mum, <laughs> mum, the pub. And he, he literally said, "Mum, the public have decided you have to want my pub," which is absolute comedy gold. I was obviously roaring and very thankful that he didn't want me to do it. So I was like, "There you go." Absolutely, babes. you're a celebrity. Get yourself yeah, out of there. Too right. So, so my wife did that, which was great. But I am. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to keep up this positive, brilliant, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the attitude the, to, to I'm so well known for uh, on this show because I am bushed. People, honestly, like I went right and we press record, and you went, uh, can you can you do the intro? I don't know if I know if I've got the energy. <laughs> You're such Fuck a prick. <laughs> Right, okay. Uh, well, look, we're talking, obviously, uh, last night's UFC 281. I um, I, I went to bed quite early last night. I'm not showing off that I've had loads of sleep because I haven't. Um, I've had more than you, obviously. But I woke up at about 4am and was like, oh, I don't feel that tired. And I thought, I wonder what the time is. And I had a little look at me watch and I was like, 4am, I was like, do you know what, fuck it, I'm getting up. Good, aren't you? And, uh, and so I got up at four, and uh, and so I was like, yeah, so I've had six hours sleep, and... Um, All right, rub and, it yeah, in. Yeah, I come down, I was rub like... Rub it in with him. <laughs> sorry, mate, just, just showing off I've had six hours sleep. Uh, and I uh, and I thought, right, well, I could actually probably jump in for maybe the main fight. I, I, I don't, I weren't quite sure what the timings were, and I thought, do you know what, don't, and I, and I went, through the prelims and just watched it all until like, you probably could have timed that really well actually had you watched it live I mean obviously it's always a risk isn't it it's always a risk if you turn yeah. it on and someone's getting a hand raised or you're halfway through yeah, a fight yeah that's it I can't do no, it I can't but you do might it. have I, I can't remember the timings but it's very possible you you would have been hitting like Chandler Poirier territory around them and, and it could have been perfect for you because yeah, that was the, the yeah, last three fights. I, you know, I thought that fight was boring anyway. So, uh... <laughs> well, we'll get on to <laughs> we'll get oh, to God, that that, that boar fest, Poirier Chandler. Yeah, we'll oh. we'll get on to that. That's that total snoozer. Um, well, look, we're going to start top or bottom. Where do you want to go, I mate? I think let's start at the top. Good Jesus Christ, right. what a fight! I mean. It was obviously different. Obviously, Chandler Poirier rightfully won fight of the night. It was an incredible fight. But Izzy Pereira just had something. And it reminded me of when I watched in Garnu fight on a few occasions. And you're just like, any time Pereira was pressing forward and Izzy's back foot was against the cage, I felt tense. I felt nervous. Uh 100%. I, it, it, 100%. It, 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 it invoked an emotional response from me. I was, I was fearful for what I was about yeah. to witness every time. And more often than not, 95% of the time, Izzy would, uh, you know, show one way, go the other way, whatever it was, and, and get out of there. And then... His hands were oh, low. That fifth round. And I was just... And I just kept looking at... Pereira's left hand and just thinking, oh, that's going to do something soon. And uh, and it's, I, I spoke to Pip, a uh, uh, friend of the show, Scrooby's Pip, uh, a while ago. And uh, and I said very something very similar to what you said there. Uh, but it was like, for me, when you watch Apollo Creed fight Ivan Drago and, and, and Creed's moving, moving, and, every, and then you're just waiting for Drago to just drop this big bomb. And it's like... And you can't relax because you just think, 
although Izzy was starting to kind of move away from him in, in regards to Scott, like yeah, points, yeah, yeah. like it never, and he'd come out and, and I, I know that Dana referenced it uh, in the post-fight conference, you know, saying like, go and listen back to Pereira's corner in that fourth round. It's Leon Edwards all over again, you know, and it's like, this is it. You've got five minutes. Go be the best in, you know, yeah. go be the champion of the world, blah, blah, blah. You're Dan. You've got to finish him. And he come out with purpose, didn't yeah. he, in that fourth, in that fifth round. I, I, I thought, you know, in, in a few of the other rounds, he, he was starting to look a little bit gassed. You could see that the, the, the wrestling, which bizarrely we saw Izzy uh, wrestle. And, we, and, well, and we saw both quite... of them wrestle, really. Was it round two that Pereira yeah. got a, yeah. a takedown and looked dominant? I mean, in terms of what you were saying about the the, the kind of like likeness it, it had to like Usman Edwards and stuff, my brother said a similar thing to me when we were watching it, and I said the big the big difference for me was that other than round one, Leon, f- which was close. Oh well, no, I mean in the Leon fight, in 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 the in the oh, Leon right, okay. fight, round one, Leon won round one of of of, of Leon Usman. Um, but sure, for the rest of that fight, Leon didn't look like he was troubling Usman hardly at all. Usman yeah, was yeah. running away with it. Whereas with this fight, even though Izzy was up on the Completely. scorecards and I had him up on the scorecards. What, it, where did you have him going well, one set, I mean, Every time, despite the scorecards, every time Pereira was pressing forwards, there was intent. There was real danger. Leon's head kick came out of absolutely nowhere. The, 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 mm. the commentators were all writing him off. It was absolutely nowhere. This fight was different. There was... Danger for every single second that Pereira was pressing forward. I felt, um, but but what were you going to say about the scorecard? Yeah. You, you talk about what um what I had the score the scores on going into round five. Yeah, going into the fifth. Um, yeah. So I had Izzy clearly winning round one uh, because of really. I thought that I thought that was not close. with the. It was such an interesting round actually because I think I had it going to Izzy. Until I think within the last minute or so, Pereira did some really good work in the clinch. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to give this to Pereira now. And then Izzy rocked him hard. And that's it. You go on damage. And as far as I'm concerned, as soon as Izzy lands that punch with two, three seconds to go in the round or whatever it is, and you look at the wobbly legs Pereira's on, you go, that's Izzy's round without question. It's not close because Izzy did to him so much damage in those last that last little exchange that Pereira didn't do anything that matched that then I think at round two um, I think is that when Pereira got the takedown and Pereira looked good I gave mm-hmm. round two to Pereira then Izzy got the takedown in round three controlling it really dominant from, from top position I felt um, I was wondering about whether that counts as a 10-8 because it had the duration and dominance, but I wouldn't have wanted to give a 10-8 there because I don't think enough damage was done. Um, Mm. So that's one of those things that I need a little bit more clarity on, I guess. But I I think that should be a 10-9 round. Um, So, and then going into the fourth, I think I had Izzy winning that, but I've I've got here Izzy question mark. So I'm not convinced, but I think the fourth round I had Izzy win it. So Izzy's winning that three rounds to one going into the fifth. And as you said, I think it was Glover that said to Pereira, you got to knock this guy out. And he, he did. Yeah. I mean, crackers, um, absolutely crackers. And 
I mean, I don't think it, to, to to sort of agree with what you said, it wasn't a, a Leon like four rounds down out of nowhere. Like it was, it always looked like it could happen. Yeah. You know, when, like you say, when he moved forward, he, he, he always looked, you know, terrifying. Uh, and you could see that, you know, Izzy was fearful of that power and, and as he should be. You know, he's learnt the hard way about that. And, and unfortunately, he's learnt it again. And uh. it's like, he's, he's Pereira, he's kryptonite. Is he, you know, he, not easy. Is he like, is he Max de Volk? Like, you know, it's, it's like that, that fighter that you just can't beat. And, and you just but think, add, add, add five seconds to round one. And I think he knocks him out in round one. You add five to 10 seconds. No, he? I know, but you add five to 10 seconds. So the possibility is there. Like it's it's mm. really there, and, and and again you go back to that second kickboxing fight. Is he uh, the guy gives Pereira a standing eight count? Mm. Is is he would win that fight if it was MMA? I think, um, mm. yeah. It's, it's, the, 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 they are doesn't matter. It, it, it's what it is, and like and that's three now, and 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 stop twice, and and I, I mean obviously we're gonna get. We're going to get a rematch. We, I think we, know we have that. to. I think we have to. If, if that's what Dana Izzy sort of lent towards think, that in post fight. Yeah, that Dana lent towards it. I think it makes sense. Izzy mentioned a few health concerns he's been having that he's kind of put on the back burner whilst he's been doing well. He might want to go and deal with those. And as much as this went the the majority of, of, of the, the five rounds and as much as I'm sure Pereira is sore, I don't know that he took overwhelming damage or was cut so badly that he needs to be out of action for a long time. So there's always a world in which if Adesanya says, look, I need to get a couple of surgeries and some things done, I'm going to be out for eight months. Then there's no reason why Pereira can't defend the belt against, say, the obvious choice would be maybe like a Robert Whittaker if he beats Paolo Costa, which I would assume he would do. Or... There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people just kind of making this, these assumptions and 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 writing off Costa in this fight, which is really weird. You're like the third person that I've it's spoke not to that's just like, well, what's weird I mean, about it? You know, Robert Wick Robert is Wick, gonna get. Robert well, Wick is a way better fighter than Paolo Costa, so it's not weird. It's just like Costa. Paolo Costa, Costa's got he's power. He's got power, but I think Cannoneer has power, and Robert Whitaker destroyed right. him. Um, okay. I, yeah. I, so we if, I, look. There's a me. world in which. Costa can touch him and it goes a bit wrong. Mm. But if Whitaker and Costa fight 10 times, I would be very confident in saying Whitaker wins eight, if not nine of those yeah. 10 fights. We both chose Izzy for this one, didn't we? Did you, did you not choose Pereira just as a kind of, I can't remember. Did I say Pereira was going to shock the world? I think I might have. You actually. might have done. Oh, no, I've given you credit for something. You can tell I'm tired because if I might. Oh, you should have shut yeah. up then. You've just given if my, that. If, gave me that. If my brain was switched on, I would have gone, yeah, 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 we did. Moving on. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, rematch is, is the obvious thing to do. I think you did get this one right. I think you sort of just said it just to be opposing to me, but clearly that works for you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Izzy was wearing a fabulous coat in the post-fight press conference. Did you see that? Mate, he looked like a bear. Oh, it was amazing. It was delightful. Um, <laughs> lovely to see Glover Teixeira go over and, and, yes, and hug him and, 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 and say, like, fucking love yeah. Glover, Love man. Glover. What like, a nice guy. Like, 
Oh, yeah. mate, you see him talking to like Joe and DC at the end. Yeah, and, Annick, and they like, were like trying to give him a mic. <laughs> Desperately, like, it, John Anik was like, yeah, take my headset a little bit. And he's just holding it in front of his mouth and you couldn't quite hear him. And then they brought in a mic. But yeah, great. He loved Glover. And I think DC was like, these Brazilians, they love a hug, man. <laughs> he was just like, he wanted to hug everyone. It was like, man, I fucking love Glover, great. mate. Um, did um, you have any problems with the stoppage? I didn't. Some people did. They thought it was early. No, I, no, I had no, no problems no, with the sto- no. stoppage. I felt like... He's, he wasn't looking up. He was shot. down. He he said he was lucid in the press conference, but I think give that another 10 seconds and Pereira just lands three, four more strikes and it, it's it's far worse. I think Goddard did the right thing, stepped in at the right time. Yeah. I, I I didn't need to see it go any longer. I, I felt like it was, yeah, there was only, it was one way tracker. If there was like, I mean, this is where it would get dicey is if there was like 10 seconds left to go in the round, and Goddard steps in there. There's maybe an argument for, oh, but maybe he would have survived and then won on the scorecards. But well, there's always uh, that I, thing, that's not the way it there? should be, is it? It's, it's fighter safety and all that stuff. It is fighter yeah. safety and that whole thing of like, oh, you go let it go a little bit longer because he's a champ. No, you don't. You, you don't let it go any longer because it's a human being and yeah. that person's safety is paramount. Absolutely. All right. Should we move on? Um, I think so. I can't remember if there was anything else that was 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 worth talking about in this fight or not. I can't remember, but I mean, it was it, prayer it was got a, performance of the yep, night. Yep, yep. And so did uh, the lady. I suppose we're going to talk about next, Zhang uh, Wei Li. Um, this was probably I felt bad in a way because it was like I don't know if you would call it disrespect, but everyone I've listened to that's been talking about this fight bar maybe one person in the kind of MMA media, um, every single person has been so confident that, that Zhang Wei Li was going to destroy Carla Esparza. And it does feel yeah. a bit... And we were two of them. We were very, we were making little jokes about it and, and, and because we were just so confident. And it, look, all respect to Carla Esparza. That's she, not... That's not taking anything away from Esparza. That's raining more praise on Wei yeah, Li. That's, 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 that's what I think. But, you know, it, but I did feel a, a little bit bad going into this fight, just thinking, Jesus, she has, she's had everyone telling her and I on, you're going to get smashed. And not just beat, smashed. And I don't know whether that affects you mentally. And I don't know whether I'm just a bit too kind of a novice in the kind of jiu-jitsu world and, and all that kind of stuff but for a world title fight did you feel like the tap was quick or is that just me i know she couldn't get the arm was well, kind of stuck in a bit of a what? crucifix thing and so only had one arm to fight the hands i felt like it was quick but maybe i'm wrong i i, I want to go back to round one first one. And, and and touch on something carla esparza solid striking it was like everybody talks about Zhang's like hands and incredible you know i said on the last show i think she's without a shadow of a doubt the best strawweight in the world um and obviously she's now the champ but esparza threw good shots and connected like in that first round um and i don't think you know she looked completely outclassed or anything in round one no um, no she wasn't outclassed but i think i think jane won the round and actually i was more impressed with Zhang's evolution with her grappling and wrestling than I was... The scrambles were really they exciting. Were, I was more impressed with that than I was with Carla's striking, I have to say. Mm-hmm. I, I This sounds really mean, and it's not meant to be... Come across I thought Carla Esparza looked really old compared to, to Zhang. 
Like, I don't know what the actual age difference is, but I just thought, oh my God, as, as Buffer was like calling them out, and she's got that kind of deadpan look, hasn't she? Arms yeah. by her side. Uh, and I just thought, oh, you, God, you, you look quite old. And like, and I know that sounds really mean, but then like it cuts to like Zhang, and A, she just looks so much stronger. Mm. And like, I, I just think um, Zhang's like one of the most exciting fighters in UFC, not just in women's MMA, but in yeah. UFC. I think she is fucking incredible yeah. to watch. Like, uh, as you said, like you know the the grand game, just super well rounded and like power, and just yeah. Absolutely fucking brilliant. I think she's great. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. I thought, I thought, uh, you know, I I don't know about an age thing. I don't know the ages actually of Zhang and 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 Carla. I think there is a definite discrepancy in the kind of athleticism department. Like Zhang looks like an athlete, whereas Carla doesn't necessarily look like an uh, an athlete in the same way, and she doesn't look like she possesses that kind of explosive power that someone like Zhang has. Um, in terms of uh, like what's next going forward, and just to go back, well, the, the reason I brought up the, the, the quick tap was I was just wondering how much, if people are telling you for the last three months, you're going to get smashed. Or you keep hearing it on the radio or the podcast you listen to, you, you see it online on Twitter, you get messages relentlessly people are telling you how you're going to get beat and everyone around you other than maybe your core camp are telling you you're going to get beat. It's going to be a highlight real finish. All of these things. How much does that affect you mentally? And then when someone slaps on a choke or something like that, do you just go, yeah, this was going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping. I, I don't know. Is That's a question maybe to ask a fighter and, and see what they say. Uh, uh, but I don't know. I don't think so. I think at, at that level of competition, of uh, uh, you know, with that much experience, you know, fighting the best of the best, I, I'm sure you, you've got self belief. Sure, but we're all human, and I suppose it's it's. I, I, I bet if fighters were really honest, particularly maybe after they retired, they, there's probably fights that they go into and went. I mean, I was saying I was gonna win, but I I, I was really. I was really nervous about that one or you know it got yeah. it got to me you know we're all human I don't know it's an interesting maybe question to ask a fighter in one of our interviews down the line but um, what's next what is next for for the champ for, for Zhang Weili what do you want to see well Rose you want to see Rose I, I, a third I, I time see, that's the next fight you want to see I want to see Rose yeah I want to see Rose um, erase that boar fest with Carla uh, with a real a real stormer with with Zhang because I think that it was proposed to to, to Dana post fight. Uh, he, he was a little bit non-committal on it. Mm. Um, I, I guess Rose is, you know, he's the obvious fight. Even though mm. yes, we've seen it, you know, several times. But obviously, we saw the knockout. The other fight, it was pretty tight, and uh, and yeah, you wonder what. What we we spoke about it on the pre-fight show. What's Rose been up to? She's been lying low. You know, you alluded to the fact she's just sitting tight to see what happens here. And obviously, I don't know. Like, do then they're not going to go right? Well, you know, fight Carla Esparza, and if you win that, then we give you a shot because that fight's never going to happen. So, 
I, I think it makes sense. The, the money fight is that. And I think, you know, money talks in the UFC. And and they're the two big names in that division that, that fans are going to get excited about. I'm, I'm down for a third fight. Um... I didn't listen to the Zhang protest. Do you know what? No, I'm not right away. I think I'd like to see some fresh blood in the in the strawweight title picture. I think since the inception of the strawweight division, I, I don't know how long it's been going now. Let's say, I don't know, like six years, five years. I don't know how long strawweight's been going. But um, there's only been, I think, five women that have all fought for the belt. It's been this merry-go-round of... Carla Esparza, Joanna Jacek, Jessica Andrade, Rose Namajunas, and Zhang Wei Li. They're like the only ones. Five people have kept fighting for the belt in different like matchups between them. And I just think it'd be nice to see something different, maybe. Um, and maybe it's Amanda Lemos. Maybe you give it to Amanda Lemos. I know that's maybe a bit of a step up, something like that. I mean, look, I'd like to see Andrade fight for the belt again. I know she's one of those people that I just mentioned are on that kind of like merry-go-round. Um, but she is fighting Lauren Murphy. I'm not sure exactly when, but she's fighting up at 125 against Lauren Murphy. Um, if she wins that, that fight, I, I think she can easily drop back down to straw weight and do that. Um, but I just wonder if Lamos is just a bit something different. Something Give, give us something different in that title picture. Uh, Lemos is, is is ranked third after her win uh, against Marina Rodriguez, which was obviously, you know, uh, she got a finish, dominant win. Um, I, I just wonder about seeing that. I mean, I, I love Rose. I really do. But I don't know if I do want to see Rose versus Shang right away. Um, mm. So I don't think Shang took much punishment. I don't think Lemos took a huge amount of punishment from what I know about. Make that fight quick, get it done, and then we could do Rose versus arguably Zhang again a little bit further down the line. Just so there's been a little bit of a change up, just means something else there. And again, I'd happily throw Andrade back in the mix as well because I think she's fantastic. But a little bit of fresh blood, why not? Yeah. Let's 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 try out Lamos and see what happens. Because again, talk about women that hit hard. Lamos hits hard. That could be a brutal, mm. fantastic fight between the two of them. I'd favour Zhang, but you never know. What's next for Carla, though? Well, Olivier. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, go and have a couple of weeks, all inclusive. And uh, yeah, I don't know what she got left to prove. She's been the champ twice. Never defended it. Yeah, you know, that's never defended it, or never like, successfully defended it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, is she really going to be bothered to, to try and change that? She's got a long way to go to get a title shot, I think, now. Um, purely because that last fight against Rose didn't do her any favours on the fan front. Oh, God. You know, and we, we Going talk, into the fight was like, her opponent's from China. She's in New York. She's an American fighter. She was getting booed. She was getting booed in the press yeah. conference. It, it was... yeah. I'm I'm really really surprising. Intrigued to see what happens if Rose fights Yang, if that crowd are gonna love Thug Rose. I, I wonder will. how much I think they'll love both. How much Yeah. I'm just interested to see like how much damage that fight done for their you know, their 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 stock. Mm. Uh, Thug Rose is a different 
different mm. kettle of fish. I think you know she's 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 a she's a superstar where Carla Esparza's yeah. not, and I mean that with the greatest respect. No, it's it's true though. I think Rose went into that fight beloved, and Carla went into it as like sort of just fodder. People thought I think, and then because yeah. it was such a boring, horrible fight, I think the person that went in there with kind of a bit of a no one really cared much became hated and booed. Yeah. And the person that was so beloved yeah. is just going to be beloved, maybe a little bit less for a small period of time, but everyone loves Rose. And I think they'll forgive her because she does, she has put on so many fantastic performances that I think you can forgive yeah. her that one thing and, and move on. But be, it'll be interesting. I think if, if they don't do Lamos for the title next, which they probably won't, cause she's not as big a name. You could do Carla versus Lamos because then you've got former champ versus yeah. up and comer. Maybe that's what works yep. out. Or you could do Esparza versus Mackenzie Dern, kind of like jiu-jitsu versus wrestling, see what happens there. Both coming off a loss. But strawweight's always fun. I, I, I really like strawweight division. So, yeah, and that could be good. Shall we move on to the people's main event? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was that first round. Fucking hell, mate. I mean, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? It was crazy. But do you know what got me up, what wound, wound my brother up? Because he just wanted to see a slugfest. I jumped out of my yeah. seat and applauded when Michael Chandler started wrestling. I was like, finally, he's learned. He's not just swanging and banging and like getting clipped all the time and just having these crazy slugfests. He's learned. And his wrestling mm. was effective in periods, but then... God, he seemed to just go at such a relentless pace that 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 big takedown he did where he exerted a lot of energy right at the end of round one for a big impactful takedown would have, you know, done well on the scorecards because it was an impactful takedown, not just a, a little change of positions. Um, he he must have used up so much energy in that that I felt like it really gassed him out. Really gassed him. I felt like he gassed quick. Uh- because of that, what do you think? He was breathing through his. Uh, well, he was breathing heavily through his mouth because his nose was smashed to bits. Like you, you know, you see what happened to his nose. Um, if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And so obviously he's then breathing through his mouth, which I guess that makes it look like he's maybe a little bit more exhausted than he was. But he make no mistake, like he, he was tired. And, and I think we saw, we saw the kind of the experience of Poirier having long fights like coming to coming to play and I think he just showed a little bit more calmness and he seemed a little bit more composed than than Chandler Chandler's like just cranked to 11 and he goes and that's why people love Michael Chandler that's why I love Michael Chandler and not to sort of fast track past the fight but that fight is not going to have much impact on Michael Chandler getting a great fight next because he's so fucking exciting and you know that you've got two incredible rounds in you know and if and that's if you don't get you out of there earlier um i i think he you know he's he's cemented himself now as a fan favorite yeah. i don't think his stock suffered at all last night um just an incredible fight um obviously the second round was uh, a, a, a bit more about the wrestling. There was some some contentious issues in there insofar as yeah. um, Poirier kind of saying that Chandra had put his sort of fingers in his in his mouth and was trying to pull the head back uh, to get the other arm underneath his neck. Uh, post-fight, I don't know if you saw this, Chandler admitted that his fingers did go in his mouth. He said it wasn't on purpose and, and Poirier sort of bit down Um Again, he said not intentionally, and uh, and and there was the other th- uh, thing about him striking uh, the the twelve six uh, elbows down on the top of his I head. I don't think it was the elbows. I think it was just hammer fist onto the back of the the was head. Yes, yeah. right. It was just a hammer fist onto the back um, of the head. So, and do you know what? At that point, like, I find it really every now and again because you watch so much of this, like you do become a little bit desensitized to some of the stuff on there but at the point when um was it was it Goddard uh Poirier Chandler I don't think it was I'm it sure might have been like Dan Mergliata Mergliata yeah. it was it was uh, and when he stepped in to 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 tell Chandler uh to to, to watch the, the 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 strikes at the back yeah. of the head uh just the fact that he sort of just turns and sort of looks at him, and then Poirier who's underneath this like who's just, been, just kind of stops and just like I'll, yep. Uh, yep. Okay. And, and they're both just looking, and now you just think that's insane. Like to just stop and compose yourself to just have a little, little chat with a ref, like in the middle of that yeah. kind of madness. It was just the looks on their faces were just like, all right. Yep. Yep. Sure, I saw okay. that differently yeah, from Poirier, by the way. I I, I saw that oh, look, really? and I saw that look, and all I could read in his eyes was, "Ref, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you letting him continuously hit me in the back of the head?" And I, it, it, right. in my, I, I read that and I read in his eyes that he was just like, why aren't you doing your job? He's repeatedly hitting me in the back of the head. Um, and, right. I, and I thought it was bad. I, I did think, and I, 
heat of the moment, all that stuff, whatever. I thought that was repeated strikes to the back of the head. And I felt like it must be difficult for fighters in the heat of the moment. You're just trying to land strikes. I think Chandler, again, in the post-fight press conference was saying, as far as I was telling, I was hitting him on the ear. So whatever, that's that's legal. But I, I think that's one of those moments that the referee needs to be sterner, step in, pause the action, step in and say, you can't keep doing that. And if he does it one more time, you stand him back to the feet, you lose the position. Because that was like over five, I think, unanswered strikes to the back of the head. Um, and I think more should have maybe been done about that. Um, but yeah, um, Chandler did say that with the fish hooking thing, that his arm was kind of caught against the cage. He couldn't get it out. As you said, Poirier said, no, that was intentional and called him a dirty motherfucker. So yeah, I don't know. Also, there was the whole thing about him blowing his nose when he was on top of him so that he could cover him in blood and stuff like that. Look, I don't think Michael Chandler's necessarily like a dirty fighter or anything like that. Do I think he's someone that maybe pushes the boundaries to win because he wants to win so badly? Yeah, he probably is, but I don't think he's like dirty. Uh, I think it's very possible that some of this stuff was slightly accidental and so, so I, I don't know. I don't know. In the end, I don't know. Um, but, but let's not let it take away from the fact that it was such an unbelievable fight. Like again, Chandler for me was winning that first round up until just after that big takedown. He's exerted so much energy. He seemed to gas out and then Poirier had him against the fence. It was just lighting him up again, uh, lighting him up a bit. So Poirier for me won the first round. Second round, I think Chandler came out, got an early takedown, loads of control. That's when the strikes to the back of the head happened. Um, but I think he won that second round. So all even going into the third. And then again, Chandler seems to like start doing well with the takedown. But similarly to Justin Gaethje, Poirier did that thing of like, after he's being sort of like fireman carried from like a high crotch or whatever, he kind of rolled down the back of his back a bit. Yeah. Then they scrambled for a little bit. Poirier ends up on his back. And he's able to sink in the the, the rear naked choke, but um, it was an absolute banger from start to finish. Chandler is, I think, he's got to be the most exciting fighter on on the roster at the moment. He and he's fought tough guys with with every fight. Um, yeah, what an exciting start yeah. to his UFC career. We touched on this on the pre-fight show, like unbelievable. Um, what what do you think is next for Mike? Oh, what do you want to say? I want to credit uh, Poirier's chin. It's unreal. His recovery is like, great, shots, isn't it? That boy, it's so good. Because he takes it, and he could have so good. finished, but then he sort yeah. of came back. But then it's like he goes back, he comes out for round two, and he's like the same as he was coming out yeah. for round one. But the recovery yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's incredible. So, what's next for Michael Chandler? Uh, was what I think you yeah. were about to say, wasn't it? And well, post fight, he's he's called out. Connor, he said, look, I'm the perfect fight. If Connor's going to come back, um, then that's the fight that I think, you know, w- w- would be exciting. I, I tend to agree. Um, did you see the the fake tweet that went out on Friday about Connor? No. No, I don't think so. What's the thing? So this 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 tweet went out. Was the, it from like uh, a verified from... account that was paying $8 a month? Oh, yes, it you. was an Ariel Hawani oh, okay. uh, fake account with a tick. Uh, that tweeted that Connor Charles Oliveira being made for June next year, uh, and 
I got sent it, didn't question it. I got a screenshot and I was like, holy shit, I'm down with that fight. I think that's uh, that's that's an exciting fight. Uh, Childs then goes on there and goes, yeah, man, you I'm said Dan. Childs again. Childs. Charles. <laughs> like, <laughs> Charles goes on uh, on there and goes, yeah, I'm Dan. And then obviously we find that it's a, it's a fake account. Whether that fans the flames of a, of a, of a potential. I mean, Connor's got to get himself uh, back in uh, the testing yeah. pool, hasn't he? Um, but I know Chandler called out Connor. And the interesting chat, for those that haven't seen the post-fight from uh, Michael Chandler, was talk of how he'd like to fight Eddie Alvarez and and how the fact that they've got beef, you know, they've had, mm-hmm. they've had back and forth. They both made very explosive moves into the UFC. Um, and if Eddie wanted to come back to the UFC, you know, if he wanted to come back and fight, then that's a fight that Michael Chandler had, had, had won. I'm down for, for Chandler Alvarez. I think that's an exciting fight. Both got big hands. Obviously, we've not seen a lot from Eddie Alvarez. Uh, what was he fought? Did he fight after Connor? Um, I think he might have done, but he's been in one championship most recently. He's He's been over mm. there for a few years. I don't think it's gone brilliantly for him. And Dana White was asked about mm. this in the press conference and he kind of, without saying no, he sort of said our model at the moment is to bring in young, hungry fighters that we think are going to go on to be champions. I don't. I don't well, think he's. We'll, we'll talk about young, hungry fighters yeah. that are going to go on to be champions in the next but, fight. Um, I'm sure. But yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think he is interested in signing or re-signing uh, Eddie Alvarez. But if they did it, it's fun. It's two big names. I, I, I don't mind the kind of like. Not that Chandler's in that kind of legends place uh, yet, because he's still, you know, a. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? A relevant uh, fighter in the lightweight division. But um, as he said, he's he's only one fight away from a potential title. I shot. think he shouldn't be, but he kind of maybe is because he's so fan friendly, and I think Dana White loves him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he may yeah. be. I think the Connor fight is maybe not the best matchup for Connor because Chandler hits really hard and has got very good wrestling. But in terms of money, it does make an awful lot of sense, and Chandler will yeah. probably play a bit of Connor's game. He maybe will go, I want to stand and bang with Connor, which is a bad game plan for someone like Michael Chandler. But, I mean, Chandler's very susceptible to getting hit. And Connor might go, if this guy goes into this with the wrong mentality and is just going to stand and bang with me for a bit, this could be a bad night for him and a very, very good night for me. Um, and he's he's not wrong when he says, I don't think that there's another fight in that lightweight division that makes draws as many eyeballs or makes as much money. I mean, maybe another Poirier fight, but are we a bit over that now? The Poirier stuff. No, I'm down. You down? You, but what do you think that. makes more money, Poirier a third time or Chandler? I think Chandler because it's not happened. That's the fight I think people would like to see. But I'm not. I'm not hating on the Poirier fight. You know, um, I'm sure Poirier would be all What's over the that. Better Obviously, business, there was though? the. What does the most money? I think Chandler. You think Chandler does more money than Poirier for? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Once the hype machine kicks in with Connor's broken leg and and all of that, then I it's wonder like, if Poirier oh, actually does there, do more. There's money, unfinished yeah. business and all of that. You know, there, there, there is potential there. Do you know what? Michael Chandler, fucking incredible performance last night. Dustin Poirier, incredible performance last night. Let's stop talking about Connor fucking McGregor. Well, no, but he's every he, But the thing is, Chandler's calling for it. Chandler wants that fight, so that's what I mean. I won't be talking do about you know Connor what? for Poirier because. The, the the reason I'm more saying about Chandler is that A, Chandler's calling for it, and B, I think Poirier is surpassing where Connor is and where Chandler is right now. He's yeah. Poirier's lining up another crack at the title, whereas mm. Chandler is trying to now rebuild and sort out what he's doing. Connor's obviously a fight that Chandler's been after for a long time. So that's why. But in terms of if we do remove Connor from the equation, um then Chandler is in a sticky spot, I think, because who does Chandler fight that is a big relevant name that is, you know, winnable fight that's ranked above him? I don't think there is anyone. He's done Poirier, Oliveira. But that's why he's calling Gucci. Connor. He know, he's not silly. Yeah. He knows that that's the fight for him. Otherwise, he's in a, he's in a weird little place. Because th- I'll tell you who I think if things don't work out with like Connor or something, I'll tell you who they think, I think the UFC could bring him a contract for is someone like Raphael Viziv or, uh, or the winner of Armin. If they want to build a new star, then I'll tell you what, the winner of uh, Armin Sarukian versus um, uh, Ismagulov. I don't know when that fight's happening, but those are two absolute killers at lightweight, both like, but particularly like, um, uh, Armand Sarukian, very young, hungry, lost a really close fight with Gamrot. Uh, and also, uh, he'd lost to uh, to Islam Makachev, but that was a really close fight. And that was back when Sarukian was like 22 years old or something. So mm. there is, um, there's a lot to be said about Sarukian and Ismagulov and, and, and who wins that fight and them getting hopefully propelled right up into the rankings to take on some of those lightweight guys that have been kind of squatting on their spots and just waiting for each other, like the Gaethje's, the Poirier's, the, the Chandler's and, and, and the likes. So I think Chandler versus one of those guys, I think I'd favor the other guys over Chandler. And that's not great for him because then he's getting beat by a lesser known guy that's ranked behind him. And then what do you do? So I, I don't think things look great for Chandler if he can't make the Connor fight work. We'll have to wait and see. Look, we've been we've been going for like forty five minutes, and we've still got so much to uh, to, to talk about. So, you 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 happy to move well, on to uh, Poirier Darius? Uh, That's the fight to make for Poirier. Uh, they both that Poirier didn't talk about it in a press conference. You make Poirier Darius. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, Darius has already earned a title shot, but if he gets past Poirier. You cannot deny him any longer. It's it's frustrating already that he hasn't had a title shot, but Poirier Darius really nailed that down, and then there you go. Then it's, it's done, and and we know for certain who's getting the shot after Volk versus Makachev, yeah. which has been officially announced. Volk Makachev in Ooh. Perth is official. And do you know what? I'm sorry. I know we've already gone on a while, but you've just made me think about something else that I feel like we have to talk about. Oh, don't, man. Uh, Biggest loser of the night, mate. Biggest loser of the night. So, if you haven't heard already, they've announced Makachev versus Volk in Perth. They've also announced, and uh, I'm assuming a co-main event for that uh, that pay-per-view, 
is an interim featherweight title fight between Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. And me, myself, and I think most of the people I saw on Twitter were absolutely furious about it. How can you deny Arnold not, Allen? Not about Josh Emmett. No. Not, not about, about Josh, Josh Emmett. Emmett. I mean, I, I, I would have rather seen Allen versus Josh Emmett. But more importantly than anything, Arnold Allen on a 10-fight UFC win streak. And I don't care that he hasn't beaten anyone in the top five or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Yair's win over uh, Ortega, does that really count? I don't think so. And Is he one-on-one on the last one two One-on-one. I mean, Max Holloway. We went through this a little while ago. I can bring it up again, I think. Um, but Yair's record, like, it's not, like, amazing of late. Oh, I've lost internet connection on this thing down here. So the Do you know uh, what? Let's not, uh, let's not go too deep into uh, this. We can we talk could, about I this, could in, talk in, about in, this in, in another but yeah, show. But I, my heart goes because out it's to... Disappointing. It's really disappointing. My heart goes out to Arnold Allen. There's talk now of like, well, are they going to make the Max Holloway fight? I don't want the Max Holloway fight because I think, why put a guy on a 10-fight win streak that just looked fantastic against Dan Hooker, looked amazing against Calvin Cater until Calvin Cater messed up his own knee. Like, why do you put him against Max Holloway when if Max wins, oh, well, you've just derailed a, 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 a fantastic title contender. It just, it makes yeah. no sense to me. There's no talk of that fight officially, by the way, the Max versus Allen fight, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Um, that's just like, I think, wishful thinking by a lot of people now, but I, I don't mm. want that fight. It should have been Arnold Allen, first name on that contract against either Yair or Josh. I would have gone with Josh, but... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Whatever. We can talk about it another time, but I I certainly wasn't happy with it. So we said goodbye to uh, Frankie Edgar last night, and they said something. uh, I mean, everybody knows it was uh, round one. Tico, another fucking terrifying knockout by knee, which obviously we saw happen to Frankie when he fought Corey Sandhagen. Um, I just feel like, and we've spoke about it so many times on here, like uh, Gutierrez like looked phenomenal, killer, hungry young fighter, just looked terrifying. Why? Give Frankie Edgar that as his last fight. It was it, like you say, uh, so like they said, like so many legends finish their careers on their back like that. And I don't think it's fair. We saw it. I, I guess we saw it in, in London when, when, when Brad Pickett fought um, Cheeto Vera on an absolute tear, looking dangerous. And, and you give these legends, these young, hungry fighters that almost look upset when they win because they've beaten their heroes. They've beaten the people that they would have watched as, as, as you know, teenagers. And probably some of these fights would have been the reasons that they're in the UFC yeah. or got into mixed martial arts. And 
it was just it was just a, a, a sad thing to see like Frankie's wife and kids oh, there. Oh God, yeah. You know, and and to see to see him go out like that. You know, it would have been nice to have seen it, even if it would have gone the distance and he and he, he lost by decision and and could kind of you know put in that that last performance and took his gloves off, left them in the and had a nice kind of positive, reflective chat with with, with Rogan afterwards. He just looked heartbroken. He just looked like. I'm in my hometown and I've just been starched in, in you know, two minutes in uh, the first round. Um, yeah, I, I, it broke me out a little bit. But uh, but I, I think people, that's done. And I think hopefully, and I'm sure the people around Frankie Edgar and his nearest and dearest will constantly just go, well, look, look at what you've done. Look at the people you fought, you know, them fights with like Maynard and... BJ and you know he was the man he was the fucking man uh and you know is he a hall of fame already I, I don't know if he is already but he's definitely going to be there's there's no yeah, shadow of, of a doubt that if he isn't already he will yeah. be a hall of famer I mean what you saw last night was a 41 year old man taking on a 31 year old man that's Mm. especially in the lower weight classes it it age is such a factor because they're so fast and so explosive and it's just it's amazing looking back at the fact that when when Frankie was Frankie was the lightweight champion and now you look at him at bantamweight and he looks undersized at bantamweight it's it's, weird, it's, it? it just shows you how far the sports come the nutritional aspects the weight cutting all that stuff but Frankie, as you say, Frankie was the man. No one could take that away from him. He was the man. He was a champ. He had some phenomenal fights. He was fan-friendly. I think he's the longest amount of time in the cage. Like eight, yeah, is, yeah. I, I don't know how long it was. Eight hours or something? Or maybe, I, I can't remember. But um, Yeah, it, it was a day's work. I remember I seen an interview with him and he was saying, like, you know, he was like, ah, it's just a day, yeah. isn't it? Like a day's work. And now when you think that's a... That's a fucking rough day in the office. There. That's a hard day. That's a hard. You're taking some lumps that day. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. I, all credit to Frankie. Now we never need to see him back. That's three big knockouts on the bounce. Um, I mean, even if I look back at that Pedro Munoz win, I think I remember thinking I would have given that to Pedro. So in some ways, he if he if you if you score that fight for Pedro as I did, then he's sort of on a six fight losing streak, I think, or something like that. So Do you know what? Not, so, but, We've said it before. It was a Dom Cruz fight would have been the perfect uh, one, wouldn't it? It would have been That would have been the one. Because it's, even it's if he loses, that, at know. least he loses to Dominic Cruz. He's fought an absolute legend. Yeah. And it's good for Dom to get a yeah. win before, you know. Uh, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it wasn't fantastic matchmaking, in my opinion. I didn't really like it, but good on Chris Gutierrez. He did what he had to do. He's got a, a big name on his resume now. It was a, a great knockout, a highlight reel knockout for Chris Gutierrez. When when you watch a, a, a little um, real promo in the next Chris Gutierrez fight, wherever it may be on whatever card, that Frankie Edgar knockout will be on there forever. That's that need to Frankie Edgar will be there. Um, so good on him. He's now going to be, I think, probably ranked twelfth in the rankings, something like that. He'll be in the top fifteen. Um, 
Maybe Adrian Yanez is a good shout for him. Adrian's behind him. It's a great shout. I really, I really rate Yanez. I really feel like Yanez could really do bits. And I feel like both these guys are sort of good young prospects in some ways. I like to keep those guys away from each other. But Bantamweight's a bit crazy at the moment. I mean, Frankie Edgar's obviously left the rankings now, retiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ Dillashaw is ranked fifth, but he's got all sorts of surgeries. Is he going? Does anyone want him in the rankings anymore? I don't I don't know what's going on there. You've got a lot of people coming. Uh, I think Saeed Nurmagomedov has got a fight coming up, but he is an absolute killer, uh, and he's unranked at the moment. There's a lot going on at Bantamweight. Um, so, yeah, but may- maybe Adrian Yanez is a good shout. It'd be a fun fight, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so that's that's my, my two cents on that. Hooker. Do boy, you yes. want to talk about your boyfriend? My boyfriend. Well... I sort of think I might have slightly picked against him. And that was a... You did, was, you did. Looking back like, on it, that was a terrible pick from me. Like, that was one of the worst picks ever. Um, I really... But to be fair, in that first round, I was thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm one of the only people around that have picked like Puyas to, to win this one. And he is really going for those knee bars, those heel hooks. I really thought Dan was in trouble. As soon as it went to the mat, I was like, oh, Dan could be in big, big trouble here. Because Puyas has got like three knee, he, three or four knee seemed bars. Very calm. He seemed very, very calm. Um, he, did, he clearly prepped well, fir- did very, very well. Uh, but I, I was thinking, oh my God, I've I've pulled something out of the hat here with this pick. And uh, no, no, everyone else picked Dan it, for a reason. I, th- I thought the first couple of sort of, you know, roles where he, he went and got his, you know, and got his heel... I was like, oh, that was very fast and like, and it, it looked impressive. And then it just sort of smacked a little bit of Paul Craig's uh, last London outing, which, and uh, do you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna compare it to that because I think Paul's a more well-rounded fighter. But I thought uh, Puelles looked out of ideas. Yep. Didn't want to get hit. Looked uncomfortable. Those shots did to the not body want to get were, hit. Were really hurting him bad. Uh, clearly, and 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 um, smart move, Dan Hooker. We just stand him up. The crowd started booing. I felt sorry for Hooker because if they weren't booing him, they just Dan Hooker. You know, is a a killer. Yeah. You know, he'll stand and he'll do whatever he needs to do to get the win. Um, and yeah, and I just think this isn't BJJ. This is mixed martial arts. You should have a lot more, you know, kind of things in your back pocket to get you out of trouble. If your go-to signature move is not working and you've tried it five, six times in the first round and it's not working, you need to start thinking, right, well, okay, what do I do here? And he didn't know what to do. And I think Dan Hooker knew exactly what to do. That's surprising, though. Looked Because I watched a couple of Puez's fights before this. He's got like, some good kicks. He's, he's, he strikes. He didn't throw it. I know. I don't. I I wonder if he got hit to the stomach early. Maybe there's something going on. Was he not hundred percent? That was. It was a weird fight. Did he just get caught in sort of like almost like in the liver a little bit early, and then he was like, "Oh my god, I can't quite come back from this. Can't quite." I I don't know what it was. It was strange because I have seen Puelles strike, but. Yeah, just not to the level of like Dan Hooker or anything, but I've seen him strike. Yeah, so I, I found it, it, it was a bit... very, very strange that he was so wonder. It was like watching like a low rent Ryan Hall. 
he was he was, it was really, Ryan Hoesque, wasn't uh, it? But in a really bad way. Like, I like Ryan Ho. I find him quite fun. Mm. This was. Yeah, this was not good. I mean, my brother I was watching with was angry. <laughs> he was vocally... <laughs> if you're a casual fan, you are not enjoying no, that. he was so angry. And apparently I read... Was it Al Jermaine Sterling or someone else was tweeting out about the fact that the whole, like, that a lot of the arena was shouting, you're a pussy, to Puez during the fight. I mean, that... Oh. I mean... That's the kind of performance and that's the kind of things when fans are chanting something like that at you while you're fighting, which, you know, obviously I don't condone. I think, you know, anyone that gets in there is brave and you can't really call them that. But if if fans are doing that to you, that is, no one's going to be looking forward to him fighting again. No one's going to be paying attention to him on the card. And it means the UFC will go, oh, we've just given you a massive fight and you delivered us that. We're going to give you all the yeah. young, hot up-and-comers and make your life very difficult now because you've given us that so i i don't think the future's looking bright for for him at all after that performance um what's next for dan hooker uh do you know what the first thing i thought of when that whole event finished last night was dan hooker just going city kickboxing we going out to party no because everyone else <laughs> ain't going to want to go and party last night. And I just felt sorry for him. I just felt everyone else in his team obviously lost. Well, Car- Carlos Olberg won on must... the fight fight pass prelim. So there's that. Right. Well, I haven't seen... I watched one fight on the uh, on the fight pass prelims, but obviously Brad Riddell yeah. uh, uh, didn't do uh, t- too well. And, and obviously it was easy. I don't know. I mean, it's great to see Dan Hooker get a win, obviously. Uh, his last outing before this was was a a, a, a brutal bashing by Arnold Allen. Um, I don't know. Uh, he seems he, he he seemed pretty pretty comfortable there at one fifty five. It was a hard fight to kind of gauge a lot from yeah. because it was such a surreal fight. Uh, there wasn't anything, you know, apart from a couple of potential heel hooks that or. or that that Hooker had to deal with. There was no striking put on him. Obviously, we saw what the big strikes from Arnold Allen done to Dan Hooker. You know, I don't think his chin was tested in any way, shape, or form last night. So there was nothing to sort of really draw from that. I don't know. What would you like to see from him? Well, I don't think he has many great options. Um, I think he's going to remain probably 12th in the lightweight rankings. I don't think he should ever consider going back down to featherweight. I think he stays there. Um, there's not a huge amount of big names that are in touching distance for him to fight, I don't think. So he's got to fight the young hungry. Like Rafael Dos Anjos, his guy ranked seventh, but he's going up to welterweight. I think he's fighting Brian Barberina soon. So he's not going to be available and he might be now doing the, the welterweight thing. Um, who else have you... Who did Hooker call? Did he call No, he, he called for Perth. That's all he called for. He said he wants to right. fight in Perth. Now, the UFC being, you know, the shark tank that it is, particularly in like places like the lightweight division, you might be thinking, right, who can we take over to Perth who's a young up-and-comer that we want to boost their name? And Jalen Turner stands out to me. Jalen Turner is 10th, so ranked above Hooker. And Jalen Turner is someone that probably wants to fight someone ranked in front of him, but will take a fight against a big name 
where he can get some of that shine. And I think Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker could be a fun striking match. But I, again, I, I would worry for Dan in that fight. But hey, with the home crowd behind him, he wants to fight in Perth. It could be a really cracking fight. And, and for the UFC matchmakers, it's either Dan gets into the top 10 by derailing this, this hype train and we can skyrocket him a bit further and give him some bigger fights with the likes of maybe, I don't know, like a Justin Gaethje if he comes off a loss or, or something like that, which is probably mm-hmm. what would be a fun thing. I think fans would love that kind of stuff. Or Jalen Turner beats Dan Hooker in Perth, takes that shine, and then you can really put the rocket on that guy and go, go on, you can go and fight someone really big now that's ranked uh, above you and, and take on, you know, a Michael Chandler, for example, or, or someone like yeah. that. Um, so I think that could be the type of matchmaking we see. If we want just fun fights, though, I really would be up for seeing the one of the only people I'd like to see Tony Ferguson fight is Dan Hooker or Conor McGregor, maybe. I... I don't don't have a huge amount of interest in watching Tony Ferguson fight anymore because I do think that, you know, I worry for him long-term and his chin and all that stuff. But I think Tony Ferguson, Dan Hooker could be a fun fight. I think that's, that's the sort of name that if you're going to put Dan Hooker on a card in Perth, that's something. That's a fight I think would be very exciting, you know? Um, And I'd, and I think, you know, we'd really see just what Dan Hooker's capable of in 155 in that fight. Yeah. I think that would be, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down yeah. with that. Yeah. Oh, All right, well, look. Should we rattle through a few more of these? We t- yeah, so Brad Bradell, um come come up a bit short in the first round, got submitted against uh, Moicano, who looked incredible yeah. uh, and and just got on the mic and and. Let the world out. Yeah, he and, did. Uh, I don't know what he was going on about. So a lot of money talk and loving Joe Rogan and I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, last five wins all by rear naked choke. Don't go to the ground with this mm. man, guys. Um, but mm. it, what was really surprising is it felt like he was sort of out striking Riddell in the start of the the fight as well, which I found very very surprising. I mean, you picked Riddell, I, I picked Moicano to win this fight, but uh, we don't need to. I thought, um, just um, on. I just thought, uh, but I thought Brad Riddell looked out of his depth quite mm. quickly. He looked uncomfortable yeah. with the striking. He couldn't seem to get off right. He couldn't seem to make the distance up. He just seemed to look uncomfortable in that fight. And, uh, and yeah. And then, yeah, lovely well, finish. And, yeah, uh, we were just talking about Dan Hook. I mean, Moicano, I think, technically is... Was he... Was, well, I thought Brad Riddell was ranked, but I don't think he is, actually. So, yeah, so so Moicano, Brad Riddell was just a fight, but it looks like, you know, one of those guys sh- um, had... With a win, Moicano should be looking at potentially going for a ranked opponent next. Keep the City kickboxing beef going. And he could maybe he goes to yeah. to Perth and takes on Dan Hooker. I mean, I'd, I'd rather yeah. see like a Ferguson or a Jalen Turner. I think that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. But you know, if Moicano's up for it, if those other fights can't work out for whatever reason, maybe that yeah. makes sense. I tell you, what was very sad was Reyes versus Span. What a fall from grace Reyes has had. How did you feel about that? Well. We spoke about it, and I was hoping that he'd, he'd gone away and he'd, he'd, he'd dug deep and he was going to come back and uh, and hold his own. And Ryan Spann, he's no joke, mate. 
uh, and Dominic Reyes, when you start seeing fighters getting put to sleep with arguably a jab, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm taking nothing away from the power of Ryan Spann, but I, I think go back sort of four years, that wouldn't have touched him, that shot. He would have just walked straight through it and and it just put him to sleep last night. And, yeah, I, I, I just, for me, I, I don't really want to see Dominic Raz fight anymore. I agree. I think, like, it, it, it's, uh, you, you're seeing, like, stoppages coming, uh, like, and, and nasty ones. And, yeah, I'm, I'll just, props to Ryan Spann. You know, it's a great name uh, to, to have on your, your, your resume and, and, and go on to, to, to exciting things. But Dominic Raz. I think it might be might, might be time to. I but I put a tweet out basically saying the same thing. I like that's three terrible cases. Like it's one thing being on a losing streak. You know you can lose because you maybe like you had a great run and then you realise oh, I'm not quite UFC material or things just aren't working out. Go to another organisation, something. But when you have three devastating KO losses the way he's had mm. them. I that's me going alarm bells are ringing now that's long term health the brain is not meant to be shut off that regularly and it, as you say it, I'm sure Span is very powerful I wouldn't want to take a jab from from Ryan Span but I I feel like a light heavyweight that's in the top ten should be able to deal a bit better with that and yeah I I, I don't necessarily want to see Dominic Reyes fight ever again. For his own safety, not nothing to do with my entertainment. Yeah. For his own health and, and, and safety. And, and with that amount of losses now, who is he going to get put in with? Exciting young people that are trying to make statements, yeah. and then that's when I think you're going to start seeing more of the same. And yeah, I think leave, leave it alone. But I you know, agree. hopefully the the UFC and his 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 camp and that are just have a, some some chats with him and. And hopefully he's made some money and, and he can, uh, yeah, enjoy his yeah. retirement. Um, I mean, just to also note, Ryan Span did miss weight. It was only by 0.6. It's like half a pound, basically. Mm. And there's something to do with New York where they don't, like a lot of other um, commissions, you come down, you make weight, and by a certain period, whatever, then you have an extra hour to go and cut the rest of the weight if you haven't quite made it, mm. but you get one extra hour. So for half a pound, you think you can cut cut that in the extra hour or maybe, but I mean, you should just try and come in on point first, as soon as you walk on the scales, but span apparently didn't know that they didn't do the extra hour in New York comes down thinking maybe he's going to get the extra hour and didn't. And you know, he would have had to sacrifice 20% of his purse. I'd imagine to, to Dom Reyes, um, but he got the win. So that's the, the main thing for him. Uh, I don't think he should be punished too much, but it is technically, it's still a weight miss. So where does he go from here? He's going to be ranked seventh. Krilov is just behind him after coming off a win against Volkan Uzdemir. And we've got a fantastic interview coming your way probably next week with, uh, I think he's sixth ranked light heavyweight in the world, Jamal Hill. And maybe that's something because Jamal Hill is... um, in a tricky spot, you know, Jan Blahovic is taking on Ankalaev. We've got Yuri Glover rematch ha- happening. Rakic is injured. Anthony Smith is injured. So Jamal Hill is looking at everyone above him. He's either injured or booked up. 
And uh, so he might have to fight someone behind him. And obviously Ryan Spann coming off that. Maybe it's him. Uh, Krilov is there as well, though. Craig is fighting Johnny Walker soon. Uh, that's ninth against the 11th. Uh, good luck to Paul Craig in that one. Maybe there's something there for, for Ryan Spann to fight, fight a Paul Craig or a Johnny Walker or hopefully a Paul Craig. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But um, good luck to Spann. Goes up to 7th and we'll see what comes next. The last thing I think I, I want to talk about, we have gone well over the hour. We have to, we do, I don't want to talk about it. We have to talk about it. It's Molly McCann, Aaron Blanchfield. It was, it was just very one-sided, wasn't it? There's no other way of putting it. We love Molly on the show, do. right? You know, she's been on the show twice. Go listen to them episodes. She's an incredible ambassador for for women, for mixed martial arts. Um, all of that aside, like we all love, you know, that that she was fighting a fighter from New York, and everybody was cheering. Yeah, a scam. Yeah, incredible. incredible, incredible. So we'll park that up for a minute, and we'll get on to Molly in a moment. But I think it's unfair not to talk about how good Erin Blanchfield was. Like, incredible. Jeez. So yeah. dominant. Like, a, a problem. A big, big problem. I mean, before this fight, I mean, we were talking about it and we were saying, you know, the the way that Molly wins this, she's got to try and impose her will, keep off the ground. Blanchfield's so good on the ground, but make it a dogfight because Blanchfield's, Blanchfield's got great striking as well. It was sort of our way yeah. of saying this is a really hard fight for Molly and we want to back Molly all the way. But on paper, Blanchfield is a better fighter and she, and she proved it on the night. Um, I think Blanchfield is, is so young. You don't want to rush her too quick, but she has got title challenger written all over her. I think um, uh, yeah. she's the way she dominated um, Miranda Maverick. No one like dominates Miranda Maverick in, in the wrestling that, that often. And, and Aaron Blanchfield, Aaron yep. Blanchfield did that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think Aaron Blanchfield is a special fighter, but she's very young. She's only like 23, 24. She called out Andrea Lee. I think do that. Just build her up slow. Let's, we don't need to rush her into some kind of title fight with Valentina anytime soon. Build her up slow. Do that. Uh, Andrea Lee, and then see who's maybe sixth, fifth after that, and then another one contender fight after that, and see where she's at. But she looks very, very, very good. Um, but yeah, a really, really tough night for Molly. But but in by terms, no means the end. Sh- in terms of Molly, I, I I see it like this, right? So, was Molly ever going to be a UFC champ? I think that's a big ask, right? Yep. I think she's she's great, but I think it's it's uh, you know it, it it was a big ask that she was going to be able to 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 go that way. No one would be happier than me if that happened. She's the people's champ, self-proclaimed people's champ. I love the people's champ. And I think what we're going to see with Molly is we're going to see, hopefully, a London card or Cardiff card next mm-hmm. year. And I think we're going to see Molly walk back into that arena with something to prove. And we're going to see Molly get a huge win in her home, ta- in her home country uh, and just literally propel her. Again, like Chandler... You see Molly McCann on a on a card, like you know you're going to get something exciting, win, lose or draw, yeah. and and she's got so much star quality, and people love her. Americans were cheering Molly McCann 
when there's an American fighter in the Octagon River. It's incredible. Not just American and, either. She, yeah. Blanchard, New York. New York. Blanchard's from New Jersey. They were yeah. in New York. It's around the yeah. corner. And they were cheering Molly McCann. That says a lot about her star yeah. power and her popularity. Absolutely. And and for me, you know, she's been here before, Molly. You know, she's she's had to dust herself down. And she, we, we all know she's made of strong stuff. You know, she's certainly not in that position where she was previously, where it's like, you don't win this, you're gone. Like, that pressure's not on her at the moment because she's such a superstar. You see Dana say yesterday, um, you know, if you don't love Molly McCann, there's something wrong with you. And, like, and, and that, absolutely, anybody that, that has met Molly McCann, like, or spoke to Molly McCann, or seen Molly McCann fight or be interviewed, she's fantastic. And I think it was, it was a, you know, she got took down and it was, it, she was in a position, the toughest position. You know, she had nowhere to go. She was trying the so fight hard. Was in her. She was the fight was in her. Yeah. and moving and just trying her best. And yeah, she just, there's just levels that that's the difference, I think, between someone that's maybe like done boxing and striking and stuff like that and then got into mixing martial arts as, you know, more of an, more of an adult. And the, the yeah. difference is Erin Blanchfield is probably someone that has been doing that kind of stuff since she was a kid. Because, again, look at the age yeah. difference. Like there's a the nigh on... What's Molly, 31? I don't know, yeah. So I think there could be about eight years or something like that between them. Yeah. So, and that just shows the the evolution of the sport as as well, you know. There's, there's that era of fighters that we all watched that uh, were masters of one discipline and then started mixing the martial arts. Um, yeah. And now all these youngsters, if you're in your kind of maybe even late 20s and under, you're someone that's been, you got into mixed martial arts. You know, you didn't necessarily get yeah. into one discipline, striking or jiu-jitsu and then start doing it. Yep. They, they're mixing it now and, and it shows and it's, yeah, it's different level. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we, you know, I think we both know that Molly's going to bounce yes. back and, uh, and I can't wait to, to, to see her walk out into the, the, the arena in, uh, in, in the UK next year. She's lost um, nothing. She's still going to be before, cheered on and loved by everyone. hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, and just, just lastly, just to put a little bit of a, a more positive spin on Liverpool, um, before we wrap today's show, um, at Next Gen, there's a fighter called Luke Riley that fought uh, on Friday in Cage Warriors. And uh, and if you're looking for the next Molly McCann or the next Paddy the Baddy, cast your eyes over uh, at what that young lad is doing uh, because he is a problem. And I can't wait to see the journey of that young lad. Fantastic. Right, are we done? I, think I can't believe done. I got through it. I mean, it. there was some some other bits and bobs, um, but uh, yeah, you done well, mate. Do you want to go and have I a do. nap? I really do. All right. Bye night. Night, guys.